Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. Conversation alive and well with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. We welcome an amazingly talented lady. Her name is Cindy Pease Rowe. She's an artist, an educator, and a marine advocate. She crafts unforgettable paintings and sculptures, creating art out of marine debris. And that's the driving force behind Cindy Pease Rowe's career. She's an eco-artist, the founder and creator of UpSculpt, an environmental and educational movement that we'll talk about. Meet now this woman who is inspired by our oceans and wants to protect them. Cindy Pease Rowe joins us now on mic. This is the first time I'm talking with an actual eco-artist. Uh, what does that mean, Cindy? Um, an eco-artist is somebody that focuses on the environment and with their artwork, really. It's kind of simple. Uh, and in my case, I use marine plastics. My focus is largely on the ocean. And in the last 10 to 12 years, it's been really a focus on ocean plastics using the ocean plastics in my artwork to tell a difficult story about what's going on in the ocean today. Let's get into that for sure, but uh, you're much more than just an oceans plastics artist. I've seen your stuff, and people can go to your website, uh, cindypeasrow.com. You do uh, direct-to-canvas painting. You do sculpting of all kinds. I mean, uh, where does this all stem from in terms of your background, in terms of art? It really all stems from an extraordinary love of the natural world. Growing up um, as a child on the Cape, we spent our summers, um, you know, playing around in Bass River, uh, sailing, shellfishing, blueberry picking. There was always an emphasis on being outdoors. We weren't allowed to watch TV. Every Friday night, you'd go to the library and get books. Um, and, and, you know, you spend, I spent my whole life outdoors and, uh, also, uh, we spent our, our winters in Michigan and I would spend my time in the fields and building forts and hanging out by the creeks. And, um, I just loved it. And when I see, I see the damages that are being done to the world today, it, it just hurts. And it, as an artist, it comes out in my artwork, I did do a series, you're right, a long time ago um, called Heaven and Earth, and it was really all about addressing the soil. And I did a whole series of paintings on traditional boatyards that really address the the hands-on craftsmanship and work that um, is, is used to build a wooden boat and how that's disappearing on the waterfront with the people buying up the real estate for uh, condominiums and that sort of thing. I was looking at the site and a couple of things hit me. I mean, everything is amazing. The uh, marine debris shark that people can check out online. And if you remember the scene in Jaws when the shark is on the pier after the fisherman caught it, not the shark, a shark, but this is uh, a pretty life-size replica. And what is it all made of? What is it constructed of? This is this shark uh, that you're talking about is sugar, also known as Mama Shug, 
And she is a 14-foot great white shark that is in front of the Herring Cove Beach House at the Cape Cod National Seashore. And she's going to be there for several years for people to go and check out and look at. And everything that she's made out, 100% was picked up off of the beach, came in from the oceans and primarily from uh, on the Cape Cod National Seashore. So most of that came off of the Cape Cod National Seashore, just a small percentage of something that may have come out of my collection to help make the shark a little bit more sharky. But um, it is it is a beautiful, beautiful uh, opportunity for me and for uh, my brother who helped me work on it and my team at Upsculpt to have to have this shark be presented and to be telling this story about ocean plastics. There's hundreds of pieces of plastic that are in mm-hmm. it, Jordan. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on and on. You mentioned Upsculpt. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. because you're you're an artist with a cause and a mission that's well worth pub- uh, publicizing. Upsculpt is okay. one way to do that. Tell me about it. So in working with ocean plastics, I, I realized that I wanted to get children involved so that they understood what was going on. And we have an educational platform now. I created a charity. It is a 501c3 that supports the education. We do workshops. We use we we teach people to do what we do. We teach people how to sculpt with ocean plastics. We make wreaths. Um, we've done little baby whales and things like that. And we have a website of sculpt that you can learn all about ocean plastics. You can learn about the things that you can do to make a difference. You can um, get a little video, download a video. So at, le- at home, you can see how to make something and how to use these different materials. Uh, it's uh, wonderful. There's a marine debris tracker on it. So when you go take your family for a walk on the beach, you can pick up plastics and you can record them and they go into a national database, which helps move the needle on policy for, for uh, making a difference with marine debris. You know, it's interesting you talk about this. I've read stories and articles about this huge amount of plastic and trash in the ocean, and it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But you just said something that struck chord. People can make a difference. Individuals right. can make a difference. Let's expand on that a bit if we could, Cindy. How? Yeah, I'd love to because I think I think so many people think that this issue is out of their reach. It's a really big issue and it's overwhelming for a lot of people. But really, you know, look, I'm just a, I, I'm I'm literally just an artist who was walking on the beach who, who saw this plastic and went home and made a wreath out of it. And from there, it just snowballed and went on and on. But what I realized is as a single person, I said, look, I can use my own special talents and everybody has their own talents. Look, you're a, a brilliant radio announcer and you're able to be able to talk about this and put it out into the airwaves so thousands and thousands of people can hear about it, right? Um, other people are good at math. They're good at all kinds of things that they could bring to this issue. But on, uh, you know, you can reduce your single-use plastics at home. It's, it's There's plastic bags and straws and cutlery and all of these things that you can look at our own habits that we've developed to cut down on those things and make a difference. It's really easy to educate yourself today with the internet as to the different things you can do to make a difference, but support sustainable alternatives, choose products and packaging made from sustainable materials, such as biodegradable or compostable alternatives to plastic. Collective action is really key. 
to reduce plastic pollution in the ocean. So in my case, I worked with NOAA, Coastal Studies, the National Park Service. But let me tell you, it takes a village. I had people helping me all along the way, people who volunteer in the studio. They do beach cleanups. They bring me things to people helping make space for this large sculpture that had to be built up in Bantam, Connecticut. Uh, So we can all look for ways that we can individually help. Like I said, whether if you can't get out and clean up a beach or collect data, you can certainly get on your computer and look for some policy you might want to get behind to help support the oceans. Who are the perpetrators of the worst of this? When I say who, either nations or corporations, I mean, when you talk about the plastic dumping and, and the trash dumping, it's just so sad to think that there are huge ships, I think, leaving port when their whole mission is to dump crap in the ocean, as if the ocean is just going to swallow everything up and everyone, and everyone can go home. But where, yeah. where does the problem lie? Who's, who's at fault mostly? Or is it everyone? Well, I think it, it's a really, it's a complex, um, I, I don't get into the politics of this because I have found that 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 kind of defeats us as individuals trying to get involved in it. But right, I will say, right. what what I will say, plastic travels hundreds of miles over the land because it's plastic and it flies away. Um, in Asia, there's a lot of very large rivers that empty out into the uh, Pacific Ocean. And that is where a lot of single-use plastics come from. Um, third world countries don't have recycling programs or even programs or ways to contain their trash. So it ends up going and flying into these rivers and going through rivers and ending up in the ocean. It's a tremendous amount. Um, but even here um, in, uh, in on, on our eastern seaboard, we have rivers that go into the eastern seaboard. So it's really important, again, as an individual that you understand that if you drop something when you open up your car door and it flies out, that that has a high likelihood of making its way into the ocean. A lot of the large uh, plastic bottling companies are working towards sustainability, but they're not doing a great job. There's more plastic, virgin plastic being produced today than there was five years ago. With what everything that we know today about plastics, how dangerous they are, not only in the ocean, but when they're buried into the land or how they're getting into our own bodies and our own systems. This is a real health-related issue. Uh, We still have uh, bottling companies that are using plastic, 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 and making new plastic. So we have large systems that need to change. Indeed. I I was thinking about the water bottles that everyone carries around and throws away. And that's just one example. And we've just exploded in this area when glass actually is safer and it tastes better, needless to say. That's right. But but the impact on wildlife, sea life, and, uh, you know, it's not just the trash, but it's what the trash does to uh, these beautiful animals. Tell us a little bit more about that. Right. What we know now about plastics in the ocean, and this is what really got me started, Jordan, when I started learning about plastics, I got freaked out because what I learned is that plastic doesn't go away. It degrades into smaller and smaller pieces called microplastics. And now what we know is even nanoplastics. How this affects animals is that the animals actually eat the plastics. There was a study shown that... um, these little fish in, would actually gravitate towards the little plastic pieces as opposed to their own natural food. Uh, sea turtles um, see this, the plastic floating in the ocean and they go, oh, yum, I'm going to fill up on that. So do the birds. 
So, and the whales, and they're eating, they're eating these plastics and it's filling them up. So they don't understand that they're actually not getting any nutrition. Mm. So a lot of them starve to death. It's counterintuitive. You wouldn't think that that would be what's going on. I'm glad you're mentioning this, and I'll tell you why, because I, that's news to me, uh, how it works. But for a lot of people, it's, well, so a, a frog is going to choke on a straw that I threw away, uh, a plastic straw. I mean, that's the extent that people understand this, uh, and it's much right. more involved and, and intricate than that, as you point out. It is, and it, to get really intricate, um, we've found that these microplastics have broken down into nanoplastics and that they are actually plankton is, is eating it. And so when you look at plankton as a real backbone of the ocean, something that the whales are feeding on, um, all of the fish are, um, this is actually a much bigger pro- you know, problem than people really understand because it, 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 it encompasses the entire ocean's ecosystem, and we really don't know what it's going to do to it. Indeed. We're we talk- don't know. We're talking here with Cindy uh, Pease-Rowe. She is an artist, and she's also somebody who's concerned, as we all should be, about our environment, particularly the ocean, which is so majestic and so vast, and yet it's not impossible to overtake it with man-made junk, as we've seen. I, they talk about this pool of plastic that's miles and miles, hundreds of miles across, which is unfathomable. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So that's called an ocean gyre. And we actually have, we have several gyres in the ocean as part of our current system where I think of it as like a large whirlpool. In this case, we're talking about the size of Texas, if not bigger. And I know people who have sailed through it. And, you know, in my mind, I thought, oh, there's like a refrigerator floating out there in a tire. It's not like that. You know, you think you're going to see water jugs and stuff. What it is is actually scarier than that. It is a it's like a soup of foggy microplastics. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people think, well, we could go and clean this stuff up. It's floating on top of the ocean. No, it's really hard. So it's very hard to clean it up because it's very small and plastic will eventually, depending on what type it is, it will sink to the bottom of the ocean and continue to degrade slowly down there. So what can you do? You can prevent it from going into the ocean. That's what we need to do. We all need to be aware. Don't buy plastic things. Try to avoid it. Try to avoid single use and be really mindful of what you, as I said before, uh, how, how it, how it is in, in your environment. Is it going to, is it, is it flying away? Is it uh, blowing away? That sort of thing. Um, it's really, really hard. Once plastic gets into the ocean, it's very difficult to get it out. Let's, uh, before we revert back to the art in your world, which is amazing. I want to talk to you about it. The, uh, the idea of beach cleanups, uh, I've done some stories, uh, good news stories about groups getting together yeah. from all over the country and all over the world. And yeah. when, they, when, they, when you do something like that and you realize the amount of junk that you can collect just by walking the beach for an hour, uh, man, it, it, it makes the point really firm in my estimation. It, <laughs> now, really, it really does. It's also really fun to do. I mean, I know people go like, oh, my gosh, it's, this is so depressing. I don't want to do it. But really, on the contrary... You go out and you walk the beach for an hour. You're getting fresh air. You're getting fabulous exercise. If you bring friends or family, you're having great conversation. And you really, I will guarantee you, you will walk off that beach, yes, with a bag of trash, but also 
feeling really, really good about how you spent that hour or two on the beach. It's yeah. always very refreshing and fun. Here's a quote. Despite from, what you're doing. <laughs> here's a quote from somebody. I, I don't know who this is. Webb Childs. I just found it online. A sailor is an artist whose medium is the wind. And I was thinking an artist, the medium is the sea in your case. And you're so inspired that you're able to take found bones and plankton and create these amazing pieces of art. Um, it, it, you're, you're doing something that makes a point, but it's also quite, quite beautiful and quite aesthetic. And, yeah. uh, and people are drawn to these things, aren't they, Cindy? Yeah, so I've, I've always, as a painter, if you've looked at my art, you can see it's very colorful, and I've always really liked color. So it was only natural when I started sculpting out of plastics that I started using the colors. And, and, and sticking with very realistic forms so that we could relate to it, and it does attract people. And I've, it's an interesting, um, it's actually an interesting point you brought up. Because I was just asked the question, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does it distract from the actual uh, message of that plastics are really bad? I think that we as artists have to all individually do uh, what makes sense for us to do. It's a natural, organic thing. My artwork comes from my heart, and I do it to address this issue the only way I know how, right? But it is super colorful, and I do think it... It works because people are approach my artwork and from a distance, they see, let's just say, a big, great white shark, right? And as they come closer, they start seeing all these different stories that are being told in this shark. But I have you now. Now I've got you. You can't walk away, right? Because you know what you're looking at and you're going, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to hear about this. How do I change my own habits? This is overwhelming. But you need to see it. And once you see it, you cannot unsee it. I would absolutely agree. Folks can go to your website and see a lot of your work online and various various platforms. It's, it's breathtaking and very, very interesting. Here's a, a technical or logistical question for you. You do both uh, visual art as a painter and you do sculpting. Um, I, I know a lot of artists. I don't know those who are poly artists, uh, you know, and so tell me about your training, if you did have any formal training. Oh, it's interesting. Um, I mentored a lot. Um, I, I always loved to use my hands and create things. And I actually spent a year on aboard a sailboat. And uh, when I was 19, I'd been in college, I will tell you, and I had, I, I couldn't sit still in a seat, right? So <laughs> I realized and I also realized that the things I wanted to know about the world, I wasn't going to learn them um, sit, sitting sitting down in a classroom at that point in my life. So I had always uh, heard about going out to sea from uh, my neighbor, who was a great traveler who sailed around the world in Cape Cod, and I wanted to try it, and I did. And I went, I went, and I sailed. And during the course of that time, I saw what was underneath the water down in the Bahamas, and it blew my mind. It was so beautiful; I couldn't believe what I was looking at. These beautiful colored reefs, um, coral heads, and fish, and just you're just snorkeling in five feet of water. And I went, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I started drawing what I was seeing, and I kept a sketchbook. And I will say it was at that point that everything started. And I started drawing, 
I started silk screening. I started painting. I started a little business doing silk screen and hand painted T-shirts that I sold on the Cape and I sold in Nantucket. And I continued to do that. Um, and until I, uh, I moved to New York City and I went back to school because at that point I wanted to study and I went to NYU and I studied fine art. And of course, it was there that I started learning about the history and techniques. But I will tell you, Jordan, along the way, the whole time, I had artists that I would look at. I love their work. I would talk to them and beg them to teach me what they were mm. doing. And I think just like in the Renaissance, where people had a lot of assistance uh, in the studio, um, it was the same thing. Apprentices. I would just kind yeah. of like, let me clean your brushes. What do you want me to do? That's how I really learned a lot about the techniques. I love it. I, I don't think you can learn any of the stuff you're talking about via a textbook or mm -hmm. or an online course necessarily. I used to watch Bob Ross, the late Bob Ross on Channel yeah. 2 in Boston on, on public television, and I was amazed at how effortless he made it look when he was Definitely teaching us. And I uh, have trouble with the old straight line, but I just have so much uh, respect and awe for people like you who – not only adapt to the the page, but also adapt to the to the three dimensional form. It was beautifully done, really really cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about uh, World Ocean Day, recently celebrated. We're taping a little after that. What were your activities that day, Cindy? Oh, so World Oceans Day was the unveiling of Sugar, uh, also known as Mama Sugar down at Herring Cove, Cape Cod, uh, National Seashore. And we had quite the ceremony. We had a representative from NOAA there, Coastal Studies, National Park Service. Uh, children came out with um, beautiful posters that they had done beautiful drawings of sharks. Um, we had the town crier from Provincetown come marching down and announcing announcing her arrival so uh for me it was really quite extraordinary to be part of that ceremony it meant a lot my family as i had mentioned we grew up on the cape and I, all of my siblings were there jordan to see this some of my nieces and nephews as well and grand nieces and nephews were there to see uh -huh. the unveiling of her and for us all to be celebrating the ocean and it was a beautiful day well you have uh, great energy uh not only in your workshop, I'm sure, but right now with me, I love the energy and I love the messaging, Thank you. which is not, uh, you know, whacking us over the knuckles with a ruler, but it's reminding us what we have and what we should treasure. And I think using art as a, as a positive influence or any kind of influence is, is kind of what art's all about, right? If it doesn't move you to think or do or emote, then what's the point? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> of course you do. I set it up that way. Anyway, I really agree with that. <laughs> you know, the other thing is people want to learn more about it um, and about the educational side is to go to the UpSculpt website. And I know that that's upcycling plus sculpture. It is the combination UpSculpt and it's UpSculpt.com. And that's where they can really read about these issues, too, on their own timeline. And I I'm with you. I, I really never wanted to um, have my knuckles hit with a ruler. And I also don't want um, to be watching really sad videos. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that's really uh, again you you really hit it. That is a very organic part of where this my my technique and how I present this comes out is that um, 
yeah, it's sad and it's hard to see, but it also doesn't have to be, um, you can also make jokes and have a good time. And this is life. We have to deal with this. Let's try and work together. and find Absolutely. Solution. Love your attitude. And by the way, uh, people commission your work, I'm sure, and want to know more <laughs> about your exhibitions and individual projects. They can go to cindypsrow.com. And again, upsculpt, U-P-S-C-U-L-P-T dot com. Uh, lots of great information. And more importantly, lots of amazing photographs of some of the work. <laughs> So, yay. That's, yay. That's, that's, that's my assistant and director of uh, public outreach helping me with my website. Thank you. Well, it's, <laughs> it certainly makes a point and uh, is very successful at doing so. Cindy, oh, thank you good. so much. It was so nice meeting you. And uh, I'm, you. I'm thinking the next time I go to the beach, I'm going to spend at least half the time uh, picking up after some other people. Oh, yeah, exactly. Again, great point, by the way, Jordan. Yep, it's okay to pick up after other people, folks. Right, and you get a little exercise. Bending down is a good thing when you reach my age. And, you know, if you can bend back up again, it's definitely a step in the right direction. All right. It's a great opportunity to work on your squats. Absolutely. Cindy, thank (laughs) you so much. God bless. All right. Bye. Thank you, Jordan. Once again, the website for our guest, and do check out her artwork. It's truly amazing. Go to Cindy Pease, P-E-A-S-E, R-O-E, dot com. CindyPeasRow.com, the founder of Upsculpt, an artist on a mission to protect our oceans. You can find out more about this podcast and Jordan Rich himself at my website, conveniently named JordanRich.com. We appreciate you subscribing and downloading these podcasts and also your ratings and reviews. So thankful for that. Till next time, JR reminding you to be well so you can do good. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.